Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, November 16th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Gold hit a one-month low on Monday and then spent the rest of the week climbing back. The Federal Reserve's hawkish tone during last week's FOMC meeting accounted for the dip in the price of the yellow metal early in the week. But by Thursday, the price was nudging its way back up as the dollar index slid off a 16-month high it hit earlier in the week. One analyst said we could see a further slide in the dollar since we didn't get any follow-through on the bullish consumer price index effect. Now, what he means by bullish consumer price index is inflation. That's something I'm going to get to in a few minutes. Now, safe haven buying helped buoy the price of gold later in the week. The Brexit situation seems to be unraveling, and that is causing a lot of jitters in Europe. British Prime Minister Theresa May's negotiated Brexit deal came out this week, and, well, pretty much everybody seems to dislike it. A number of British officials resigned, and there may be a no-confidence vote within the next week. A Forbes article did a really good job of summing up what's going on with this whole Brexit thing. The political fallout from Miss May's latest attempt to square the Brexit circle is understandable. Her Brexit deal is horrible. It would lock the UK into a frozen Brexit, neither in the EU nor completely out of it. The UK would be forced to accept EU decisions over which it would have no say and continuing to contribute to the EU budget despite no longer being a member. It would also be unable to enact its own trade deals with the rest of the world until the freeze ended, and it would be unable to end the freeze unilaterally. I'll link to that article if you want to dig a little deeper into this whole Brexit thing. Suffice to say, it's a mess. And as you know, political uncertainty has a way of motivating people to invest in the security of gold and silver. Meanwhile, it's been a pretty rough week on Wall Street. The S&P 500 finally showed some gains on Thursday after five straight days of losses. The mainstream still hasn't admitted it, but it sure looks to me like the air is seeping out of the stock market bubble. Now, I mentioned inflation a little bit earlier. Consumer prices increased the most in nine months in October. As Reuters put it, this points to steadily rising inflation that likely will keep the Federal Reserve on track to raise interest rates again next month. The producer price index also came in really hot. It was up 0.6%. That doubled the expectation. It was the biggest jump in PPI in six years. Year-over-year, producer prices are up 2.8%. We normally focus on consumer prices to gauge inflation, but obviously, producer prices are just as significantly. They ultimately end up being passed on to the consumer. You can look at the PPI as a leading indicator of inflation. Now, unsurprisingly, gold dropped about 10 bucks when that PPI number came out. Investors were buying bonds. As Peter Schiff pointed out in his podcast, investors just don't get it. The irony is you get numbers indicating inflation is rising more than expected. And what do investors do? They sell gold and they buy U.S. Treasuries. Now, that's the worst thing to do if there's inflation, right? Gold is an inflation hedge. So if inflation is picking up, you would want to own gold to protect yourself from inflation. On the other hand, the one asset that suffers the most, where the most value is eroded away because of inflation, is a bond. A bond is nothing more than a future payment of cash. The more inflation there is, the less value that future cash has. Investors should sell bonds. Instead, they did the exact opposite. 
Peters said the problem is all of these people are playing checkers instead of chess. They're not anticipating future moves. They expect the Fed to keep raising interest rates. The conventional wisdom is that's good for the dollar and bad for gold. But investors need to look at the impact of rising interest rates on an economy built on credit and debt. This is a subject I've been hammering on over and over again. To put it bluntly, we're heading toward a recession. The signs are already out there. Look at what's going on in housing. So what is the Fed going to do when the economy goes into a downturn? Well, it's going to lower interest rates. It's going to launch more quantitative easing. That's what the Fed does. That's the playbook. I don't see any reason to believe that Jerome Powell is going to be any different when the rubber meets the road. As Peter put it, the rate hikes now sow the seeds of future cuts, and investors should be looking beyond the mountain to the valley of rate cuts that are coming. Now, speaking of Powell, he thinks the economy is great. Really strong is how he put it. But interestingly, he did note softness in housing and high levels of corporate debt that those things have caught the Federal Reserve's eye. Well, thanks for noticing, Jerome. I want to touch on housing. I've mentioned a few times in recent weeks that there's a lot of weakness in the real estate market. This is a sector that is particularly sensitive to interest rates. So as rates go up, that's where you'd expect to first notice the impact. And sure enough, we're starting to see the impact. Just one example, home sales in California have hit the lowest level in a decade. And it's not just in California. We're seeing declines in many of the typical bubble markets in America. Think places like Seattle, San Francisco, New York, Dallas. Even more troubling is that we're seeing these tremors in real estate and interest rates aren't historically high. According to an article in Wolf Street, they may soon hit 6%, and that could be the real tipping point. Mortgage rates have eclipsed the 5% level already. According to the Mortgage Bankers Association, the average interest rate for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage with conforming loan balances and a 20% down payment rose to 5.17% for the latest reporting week. That marks the highest rate since September 2009. Now, the next stop is 6%. That was the mortgage rate in December 2008. 2008, that should ring a bell. Of course, these rising interest rates are by design. The Federal Reserve has nudged rates upward, and it's also shedding treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. We're seeing this reflected in the mortgage rates. The 30-year has risen 95 basis points since the beginning of the year. Another interesting thing Wolf Street noted is that the spread between the 10-year treasury and the mortgage rate is getting wider. As the article put it, in other words, mortgage rates are climbing faster than the 10-year treasury yield now that the Fed has begun to shed mortgage-backed securities. This is expected. It's part of the QE unwind. It's part of the Fed exiting the mortgage market and pulling its support out from under it. Okay, here's another disturbing piece of the puzzle. Home prices have risen precipitously and have eclipsed levels seen just prior to the housing bust. Average home prices nationwide have surged 11.5% above the crazy peak of the housing bubble. That's housing bubble number one. So in a nutshell, we're looking at housing bubble 2.0. Even at relatively modest 5% mortgage rates, we're starting to see an impact on the housing market with significant pressure building on the margin. With some potential buyers being locked out, Another scared off as they're finding today's inflated home prices don't mix very well with even slighter, higher mortgage rates. 
what was barely affordable for them with a good amount of stretching has become unaffordable. Wolf Street predicts the real pain will kick in as the mortgage rate approaches 6%, and that is likely to happen within less than a year at the current rate of increases. So, to sum this up, housing bubble 2.0 is about to burst. In fact, the air is already leaking out. And that's just one sector of the economy, granted, but it is indicative of what's going on more broadly. While the mainstream touts the economic boom, there is underlying rot that rising interest rates are about to expose. We're going to see more bubbles start to leak air, more bubbles start to burst. Yet, despite all of the warning signs, the mainstream is still convinced the economic boom will continue, and the Fed will keep pushing interest rates up. As a result, the price of gold has stayed relatively low. But as Peter pointed out in his most recent gold video cast, their complacency is ill-advised. Gold is a mispriced asset, and now is the time to buy. Now, here's some good news. This is a great time to do just that. Shift Gold is in the middle of a limited-time sale on Perth Mint solid gold kangaroo coins. This sale ends next Wednesday, November 21st at 6 p.m., or when supplies run out. So you want to act fast. For pricing information, talk to a Shift Gold precious metal specialist today. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160, and I'll also put a link to more information on this sale on the show notes page. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links on the show notes page as well. And if you're listening on YouTube, share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comments section. Really appreciate you listening to the show and I'll talk to you again next week.